queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Plourde, and this is The Village, The Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Did you know that more than three times as many Canadians have gotten the Pfizer vaccine compared to the one made by Moderna? Right now, Canada has a stockpile of Moderna vaccines. The experts tell us both it and the Pfizer are more or less the same. But at vaccine clinics, I still get people who prefer the one from Pfizer. So this week, we're asking, just how do the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines measure up? Hi, Kelly Grindrod. Hello. So how are the vaccine clinics going for you? Oh, it's fairly similar. You know, I'm finding, too, when we're in the vaccine clinics, we had that big rush over Christmas. Uh, we had a lot of Moderna. And so we had a lot of people coming in and a little bit uncertain. They didn't know if they wanted it. They didn't know if they should walk away from it or ask for Pfizer. And then we had some people who were very upset and felt very strongly that they wanted Pfizer. So a lot of these questions have been going on for us, too. Well, we've got a lot to talk about then. So why don't you start by saying, hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Hi, my name is Kelly Grindrod. I'm an associate professor at the University of Waterloo School of Pharmacy, and I'm also the pharmacy vaccine lead for Waterloo Region. So I help the public health unit liaise with all the different pharmacies. So I'm often watching not only the mass vaccine clinics, but also how vaccines are going in pharmacies as well. And of course, that means you've got to know a lot about the various vaccines, their pluses, their minuses, and how they compare. So I can't wait to start asking you some questions. What are some of the reasons why so many more people have received a Pfizer vaccine compared to the Moderna? So the thing about the pandemic is it feels like it's lasted forever, but really we've only been vaccinating for the last year or so. We got our vaccines first in late December, of just over a year ago. When we first got those vaccines in, we got Pfizer. We got a lot of Pfizer, and we really struggled to get Moderna in consistently. So what we saw was a lot of Canadians, when they were eligible, especially the ones who were higher risk eligible earlier, were given Pfizer. Uh, and this is especially true in some of the, the larger centers. So Moderna is a lot easier to work with, meaning it was sent sometimes to places that are more rural and remote. Um, so it could be up north, it could be to smaller communities. So especially in the urban centers, people just have a lot of experience with Pfizer. They had lots of Pfizer around in those times. As a vaccinator, I've had enough people making sure that they're getting the Pfizer vaccine. They kind of conspiratorially, as I'm you know, pulling out an alcohol swab to rub their skin, it's the Pfizer, isn't it? And it reminds me of Coke versus Pepsi. So, so how much do you think brand recognition is playing into which shop people ask for and which shop people get? Oh, I think brand recognition is huge. So even before we went into the pandemic, Pfizer was a major name. Right? This is a company that brings you drugs, you know, cholesterol pills, but drugs too for erectile dysfunction like Viagra. This was a big name, just like, you know, a box of Kleenex. Kleenex is a brand name. Pfizer is a very well-known drug company. 
And so people come in thinking, I think, whether they realize it or not, they're familiar with Pfizer and because of that familiarity. And like I said, we got a lot more Pfizer at the beginning. So even in the earliest days of vaccines in Canada, the brand recognition, people connected vaccinations to Pfizer. Now, the reason we probably saw that was because Pfizer is an enormous pharmaceutical company, tons of experience in this space. They were able to get products out a lot faster and really flood our market where most people had experience with Pfizer. Moderna is a bit of a scrappier upstart, right? It was funded through that Operation Warp Speed that we saw in the U.S. Uh, it's very similar by all in, it, you know, you know, measures that we would look at to Pfizer, uh, but it came a little bit later. You know, it took them longer to ramp up. When they did ramp up, a lot of their vaccines stayed in the U.S. at first before it was sent elsewhere, and eventually that brand name has built. But really, even in a lot of countries, they didn't use Moderna. They used Pfizer. So a lot of our international communities also are familiar with Pfizer in a way that they're not familiar with Moderna. So I think this brand recognition was huge. So that's a perfect segue to something that really made my ears you know, kind of sit up and take notice. On a private radio station that I listen to fairly frequently, I started hearing an earnest ad for vaccines that's paid for by Moderna. And that what that's what made me sit up and take notice. They don't make claims. They just tell you what public health says about COVID vaccines. But at the end, it says it's paid for by Moderna. So what do, they, what do you think of that? What do you think they're trying to accomplish? Well, I think it's exactly that. You're, they're trying to get some brand recognition. So there's obviously really tight regulations around advertising of things like vaccinations and drugs. Now, you might see more advertising related to things like the shingles vaccine, where people actually pay for that out of pocket. So they make the decision to go and talk to their doctor and decide whether they're going to get it or not. These aren't really public, public health funded vaccines, right? But with the COVID vaccine, which is available, what you see is this phenomenon where people have what's considered to be roughly an equivalent vaccine to Pfizer, and they walk away from it because they think it's a lesser vaccine. Now, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but the, the evidence doesn't say Moderna is a lesser vaccine. Actually, it's quite the opposite. But that powerful brand recognition means sometimes people are making decisions not actually based on sound judgment from a healthcare perspective, but just really because they know one name and don't know the other. So yeah, I think what you're really just seeing is an effort to get people more familiar with this, hearing it in different places so that they recognize it a bit more. And to put this in perspective, in the history of, of vaccines, nobody asks what, what brand is the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine that your kid's going to get, do they? No. And, you know, when I talk with pharmacists about the barrier, when people come in and they say, oh, it's Pfizer, it's not Pfizer, it's Moderna. Oh, I don't want that. One of the big things that they're saying is it's because of travel. They're really, really concerned, even as we're going through this Omicron wave where there's huge transmissibility, it's incredibly contagious. It feels like it's everywhere right now. Even in that setting, people will walk away saying, well, it's because of travel. I don't know if they're going to accept this mixed dose. And, and that uncertainty, because we saw that early on in the pandemic where there were problems around travel. Before the pandemic, when you were traveling, you know, and you had to get vaccinations to travel, again, you weren't really focusing on brand. 
So not only did we not look at brand for tetanus or measles, mumps, rubella or flu shots or whatever, we also didn't connect it to travel. And I think that you know, people are really looking forward to a return to normal after the pandemic. And they're really worried they're going to make a decision now that's going to impact them later. It's not really about how protected they are now. It's actually about, well, you know, can I still go to Mexico if I mix these doses or if I get this other brand? And I found that to be really interesting that they're connecting brand with this idea that it's maybe a barrier in the future as well. So as you foreshadowed, we were going to get to the science and let's get to it right now. So what does the science tell us about the comparison between Moderna and Pfizer? Uh, Does one of these two vaccines protect adults better from COVID-19? So these two vaccines are considered to be interchangeable. And people would remember this from the early days of the pandemic. It didn't really matter which one you get. If you can get Pfizer or Moderna, the message said they're roughly the same. That's okay. Either is fine. And then we got into the mixed dosing. It's okay if you get Pfizer, then Moderna, Moderna, then Pfizer. They're mRNA vaccines. They're considered to be interchangeable. So that was the language that was used early on, interchangeable. Now, since then, you know, because at that time we didn't have head-to-head randomized control trials. They weren't designed that way. You know, you've the, the trials were really looking at the efficacy of Pfizer, the efficacy of Moderna, the efficacy of Johnson & Johnson, the efficacy of AstraZeneca or whatever. They weren't looking at Pfizer versus Moderna. So we needed real world data for that. And the real world data started to emerge really in the summer into the fall. And we're still seeing studies come out. And what's been interesting is that Moderna actually is a little bit better than Pfizer pretty consistently in the studies. Now, if you're someone who's in your 40s and is otherwise healthy, is that going to be a huge difference for you? Probably not. It might be just a very small difference. And in fact, research from Canada, there's a study in particular that looks at data in BC and Quebec. They found, you know, with the the eight-week gap that we'd had in, in Canada as opposed to the rest of the world, these two vaccines came out roughly the same. But there is some research, especially as you get into older populations, 65 and older, long-term care, uh, people who may be more frail or who have weaker immune systems. Moderna definitely seems to have a stronger benefit, so a bit more protection and more durable protection. So I find that really interesting when I'm in the vaccine clinic and people come in asking for Pfizer. You know, if they're a younger person, maybe it doesn't make much difference. But when they're an older person, maybe they're in their 70s or they're in their 80s or they're frailer and they're walking away from Pfizer or from um, Moderna because they want Pfizer. I don't think the data really supports that because Moderna, especially if you're older, does seem to give a bit of an edge. What does the latest research show about breakthrough infections for Moderna versus Pfizer? Yeah, so there's different ways of looking at these breakthrough infections. You know, we've got the two doses, and it seems like at first, you know, we have pretty good protection against infection. Um, But then eventually over time, immunity wanes. But the thing is, it doesn't necessarily wane as fast with Moderna. So we might have slightly more durable protection if you had two doses of Moderna or, or one of your two mRNA doses were with Moderna. Interestingly, they also look at like AstraZeneca plus a dose of Pfizer or a dose of AstraZeneca plus a dose of Moderna. And you do get possibly a little bit better when your second dose, if you had first AstraZeneca, when your second dose is Moderna compared to Pfizer. So Moderna does seem to have a more durable protection, which is going to protect you for potentially a bit longer against those breakthrough infections. Now, again, you know, for a younger, healthier person, this probably doesn't mean too much. It probably doesn't make too much of a difference. So, you know, if you're someone in your 30s or your 40s or even your 50s, 
it really is, you know, they're interchangeable, take the first one you can get. But as you start to get a bit older or have a weakened immune system, that actually might make a bit of a difference in, in you know, the Moderna being a little bit stronger, uh, maybe a little bit better able to protect you against something like a breakthrough infection. Hi, I'm Michelle Shepard, host of Uncover Charmini from CBC Podcasts. In 1999, 15-year-old Charmini Anandavel disappeared on her way to a job that police believed didn't exist. Four months later, her remains were found in a wooded ravine. I revisit the case that has stayed with me for over 20 years, ever since I first covered it as a cub crime reporter for the Toronto Star. You can find Uncover Charmini on CBC Listen or on your favourite podcast app. With the booster shots rolling out to more Canadians, how do the two vaccines compare when it comes to protecting people against the most severe complications of COVID? One of the things I find that people get confused about when they come in for the vaccine and and they're ready to walk away from Moderna is there's this idea that you have Pfizer or full-dose Pfizer, half-dose Moderna, or full-dose Moderna. Yep, I've gotten this one too. And you have to explain it to people, right? Like you have to be prepared to explain, you know, so Pfizer is a 30 microgram dose of mRNA. Moderna, the regular full-dose Moderna, is 100 micrograms of mRNA. That's a much higher dose than Pfizer. The half-dose Moderna is a 50 microgram dose of mRNA. So there's actually more vaccine, more mRNA, in the half-dose Moderna than the full-dose Pfizer. So when we're looking at uh, protection, uh, this additional protection, this slightly higher dose, actually might give that slightly more durable immunity when it's the booster shot. Now, of course, we're going to have to wait on these booster shots. We're really just getting them right now, and we're really just collecting data on them right now, especially as they relate to breakthrough infections with Omicron. So I don't think we're going to have a really clear answer on this until we get probably into March or April. And this is going to matter really for the long-term vaccination program, right? This is when we're starting to ask the questions like, is this a three-dose vaccine, a four-dose vaccine, a five-dose vaccine? Are we looking at yearly boosters? You know, we're, we're not really sure about a lot of this yet. And I think we're going to have some of these answers probably a bit more going into the spring and summer. But what you're raising is a really interesting point because what I had heard before was that the the fact that the Moderna booster dose is half of the full dose, whereas the Pfizer is the same dose as, as, the, as the Pfizer full dose, the booster that is, that those were apples and oranges and you couldn't make any kind of comparison. You're saying that you might be able to make a comparison between the two? Well, when we look at the, the research that's showing that Moderna slightly outperforms Pfizer, there's a lot of questions about why that is, right? Why does Moderna seem to perform slightly better than Pfizer? Another place that this comes up is with myocarditis. So when we started vaccinating young people, especially as we got into the teens and early 20s, we started seeing, especially in young men, uh, cases of myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle, especially after the second dose. And what's interesting is that was especially true after Moderna. So the risk of myocarditis in these young people, especially young men, is higher with Moderna compared to Pfizer. That's why we prefer Pfizer in young people, right? For the 29-year-olds and younger, they're preferentially given Pfizer if that's an option. It's because Moderna has the higher risk. 
Again, that's because it's probably building a stronger immune response. And young people have amazing immune systems, right? Children, teens, young adults, they have amazing immune systems. And we dose vaccines based on your age, not on your size or on your weight or anything like that, but based on your age. So young people don't need as much to prompt a good immune response. But older people, when we get into your 70s or 80s, people in long-term care, they do need much more prompting to have that good immune response. So one of the, when we look at some of the questions, one of the things that comes up is, are we getting a stronger immune response? So more myocarditis in young people, for example, with Moderna, as well as the, in older people, stronger, more durable immunity with Moderna. Is that because the dose is higher? The other question is, is it because they have slightly different lipids or fats that are in Moderna than Pfizer? We don't know. Another reason is that if you look at the monographs, Pfizer is approved to be given 21 days apart, but Moderna is approved to be given 28 days apart. This is that whole debate in Canada about what's the ideal duration between dose one and two. The later dose two, the stronger the immune response. So is that part of the reason why Moderna is a little bit better? So there's lots of questions here around why is Moderna slightly outperforming Pfizer? And what, if anything, has Omicron done to affect the comparisons of the two vaccines? Yeah, this is always the question. We really went through this a lot with Delta, right? So when Delta came out, we saw a drop in vaccine effectiveness. Um, it, it still was protective, especially around severe illness, hospitalization and death. But we lost some of the efficacy. And that also had to do with, you know, it had been longer since a lot of the population had been vaccinated. So you had that waning immunity after dose two. By the time Omicron hit, we were really getting into that waning immunity and it had a bit more of that vaccine erosion, right, where the vaccine isn't as protective. The real question there, though, and the real question continues to be, when we give the third dose now, do we regain some of that protection? And the research does show that with that booster, we do regain some of that protection against getting sick, you know, testing positive, having symptoms. Um, it's not quite as good, the third dose, as what we had with those earliest virus, but it's pretty good. I mean, you're getting up into the 70% in terms of protection. But the most important question here, I think, more than anything else is, does it still maintain its protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and death? And both Pfizer and Moderna appear to actually be very good at protecting us against severe illness, hospitalization, and death with Omicron. So we might have more breakthrough infections because we're losing some of that protection against symptomatic infections. But what's the number one thing we're concerned about with vaccines and COVID is does it keep us out of hospital? And both of them appear to keep us out of hospital pretty well with that, especially with the third dose. But even two doses are pretty protective. Third really tops that up. And both of them seem to do it Though what we really have to keep in mind is there's probably more benefit in older people with weaker immune systems for that third and now fourth dose, for example, to be Moderna, because you do get a bit of an edge there. So a couple of bottom line questions uh, to end our conversation. If someone is given a choice of vaccine for a booster, what would you recommend? I think it really depends on your age group. So, you know, if you're someone who's in that 18 to 29 year old group and you have that higher risk of myocarditis, especially if you're male and you, it's, you've got Pfizer and Moderna, I think, yeah, Pfizer is probably the better choice. It gives you probably similar benefit, but lower risk of myocarditis. If you're someone who's 30 and older and who really has that choice between the two, both are fine. But if you have any sort of risk factors that puts you at an increased risk of serious outcomes, 
I'd probably be leaning towards Moderna. And I can actually say for myself, I got my booster in November. Um, I have two doses of Pfizer because I had been working uh, at a Pfizer vaccine clinic back in the spring. Um, and I really, I, I walked into the vaccine clinic and I had the choice. I could go to one booth and it was Pfizer or the other booth and it was Moderna. And I chose the Moderna booth because for me, it was really the same. You know, I had the choice, but I had this chance with Moderna of having slightly more durable, longer lasting protection. So for me, that was a worthwhile choice. The, the vaccinator at the time had said to me, you know, we're not sure if this will impact travel. And that really kind of threw me at the time. So I thought, well, I'm not thinking about that. I want to be as protected for, I can, for as long as I can be. Uh, so I, I think, you know, for the most part, for most of us, either vaccine is fine. They're interchangeable. If you're older or have a weaker immune system, Moderna probably is the better choice for you. Um, for younger, healthier people, they, they may be more similar. And say you've had two doses of the Pfizer vaccine, as a lot of people have, and the most readily available booster is Moderna. What should you do? So if you're 30 and over, I think you should absolutely go out and get Moderna. Now, you may find it hard to get Pfizer if you're over the age of 30, because the, in a lot of places, they are preferring to give Pfizer uh, to some, you know, to, for younger people, 18 to 29-year-olds, because there's limited supply. So if you're over the age of 30, you may actually have a hard time finding Pfizer. And the question then is, do I wait for Pfizer or do I just go out and get Moderna today? And with Omicron spreading so widely, I think most of us know somebody or multiple people who have Omicron right now. You're much better off getting vaccinated as soon as possible with the one that you can access. Kelly Grinrod, thank you so much for uh, making a complicated situation, complicated comparisons seem a lot easier. I appreciate speaking with you. Thank you. That's Kelly Grinrod, a pharmacist and associate professor at the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo. Here's your dose of smart advice. There are several reasons why Canadians may prefer the Pfizer booster to Moderna's. First is comfort and familiarity. More people got the Pfizer vaccine early on because more of it was available back then. Brand recognition is another factor. Pfizer is a well-established major pharmaceutical company. Travel may be yet another factor. If you received two doses of the Pfizer vaccine, you might be reluctant to receive a Moderna booster if doing so jeopardizes your vaccine status for travel purposes. As for the science, early on, both the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines were deemed interchangeable. More recently, there are suggestions that Moderna's vaccine protection might last somewhat longer than Pfizer's. That might relate to the fact that Moderna's booster is a bigger dose than Pfizer's. The Moderna vaccine may be a bit more likely than Pfizer's to protect you against Omicron, especially if you're older. If you're age 18 to 29, the risk of myocarditis means you probably should get a Pfizer booster. If you're age 30 and older, you should lean towards getting the Moderna vaccine. If you're given a choice between Pfizer and Moderna, for consistency, stick with the one you first got. If you received two doses of the Pfizer and your only choice for a booster is the Moderna, take it. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, tweet me at NightShiftMD, at CBC Podcasts, or at CBC White Coat using the hashtag TheDoseCBC. If you like this episode, please give us five stars on your favorite podcast provider so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Technical support was by Laura Antonelli. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. But if you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.